1: Hello everyone. Welcome to the pick six podcast and welcome back to our all 32 series. Katie Mox here with Will Brinson. This is the series where we catch up with insiders to give you all the need to know information on every single NFL team. Today, we're previewing the Cleveland Browns with 92.3, the fan radio host and Fox eight personality, Ken Carmen. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I was going to add, I was
0: trying to, we were like, what, what do we do? What, what, what noun do we put for Ken's Fox? Did personality work? I was going to say uh Cleveland man of the people, um, antagonistic. Ooh, yeah. antagonistic. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You should, you should out a gif of you and I were going to battle. <laughs> I like go to war on, on a radio show in the morning. And I think like, I think people were pleasantly disappointed at the cordial nature with which we, uh, discussed the Cleveland Browns, a team that, mm-hmm. Apparently I hate, I wasn't aware that oh. I hate the Browns uh, in all seriousness. I, I will ask you about that before we get into the actual Like, is, is this like a uh, Cleveland feels like the, the ultimate us against the world team, the Browns do ahead of 2023 for a variety of reasons.
2: Well, I think guys, it's, it's weird. I, I compared them to the bills because it seems like it's a put up or shut up year mm. in a lot of mm. ways. The problem is the Bills yeah. were thirteen and three last year and the Browns were ten were were seven and ten. Right. So I mean, we are in a very desperate situation. And I think there's a lot of people who are either on one side, they're very optimistic about it, and on the other side, because I mean Miles Garrett was number one overall, and he's consistently one of the best in the NFL, but he's never defensive player of the year because they're not a playoff team most of the time. Everybody knows Nick Chubb is good, but then we're wondering about his future. And I think there's just so much up in the air that a lot of people are just kind of in improvement mode. I, I brought this up before. I, I think that this this offseason kind of reminds me of the one between 16 and 17 where they had came off the 1 and 15 season where it's kind of like, all right, we'll see what they can do. and And that's about it. So I guess we will see what they can do. People are more excited about some other things right now. Interesting.
1: Well, you mentioned a lot of names, but there's no one that needs to prove it more than Deshaun Watson. How does he look so far? Uh,
2: according to what we're told so far, so good. Uh, he and Elijah Moore have put together a nice rapport. Um, there was a lot of stuff. I liked how honest he was. I think some fans have had problems uh, being honest about how bad he was. Yeah. In 2022. I, I know he did his, uh, <laughs> he did a podcast with his, with his quarterback coach. And they were like, yeah, he's, his quarterback coach said, you struggled. he's like, yeah, I struggled. And um, we've looked for reasons about that. You know, the Browns themselves have said that this offense is going to look different. I think it's going to be very pass heavy to start off the season and (laughs) and certainly to start off games. And they're going to try to put the ball in his hands and make him as comfortable as possible. I I don't know how much of last year's offense in those six games we're really going to see in this year's offense. I've, I brought up some kind of big brain conspiracy theory. Uh, you, you told
0: me this on the radio. I, I I don't hate it, honestly.
2: I shared it with Will. Well, I, I brought up, the the weird thing about it is, is I've got texts from people who have kind of been like, yeah, you're not really wrong. Can't confirm you're right. I'm going, hmm. okay. Um, where I've kind of brought up going, this is a team that, that you know, Paul DeBadesta is in charge of things, and, and, and he he's a team president, right? And he's always going to think big picture. You know, the, the whole Oakland A's, New York Mets thing, he's always going to think big picture, and he's doing that with the Browns. And so when Deshaun Watson takes over, they have a 1% chance of making the playoffs. And Kevin Stefanski, and Will, I told you this last year, yep. you asked me about Kevin Stefanski's future. I go, he is in no danger of losing his job. And everybody around is going, he might get canned, he might get canned. I go, he is not going to lose his job. And I wonder if they looked at it, they go, they got a 1% chance of making the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, great. We're not going to put anything on tape and let everybody get ready in a season that we're probably more, more than likely very well not going to make the playoffs in yeah. and then really put ourselves in a bad position for next year. Now, that takes a, an obscene amount of trust in the NFL, unlike anything we haven't seen in, in my entire life. But it's something that I've kind of bandied about, and it's something that I've not got the type of pushback that I was hoping to get. So it's, it's a good thing for the future. But also, if if they go out there and they're terrible, well, then I, I, there's no more excuses then. Well, the the
0: only – and like the, the main reason that I don't think that you're crazy for having that conspiracy theory – and I, I love Galaxy Brain conspiracy theories. They're my favorite thing <laughs> in the whole world. Um, but like the Paul D. Podesta stuff I think is really interesting because that is something that a baseball executive would do if you put him in charge of a football team is to say, okay – analytics show us like that one percent to make the playoffs is simply not happening. I don't care. You could throw us in the, um, you know, throw us in the, in the hunt graphic, all you want, CBS, NBC and Fox ESPN. It's like, we, we don't think we're making the playoffs. 1% is 1%. And then additionally, if you look at, you know, you think about baseball, right. When you play baseball and how much uh, impact they have on the second time and third time around the order, When a pitcher gets to – when hitters get to see someone multiple times, you can make an easy correlation with a defense seeing an offense for the second – you know, like if you can see all that stuff on film and not be surprised by it, it's easier to prepare. So that I can kind of get behind it only because I love conspiracy theories and Paul Podesta is there. You mentioned the offense will look different. Kevin Stefanski, I don't believe Ken, has been above 60% – pass rate in his time there. In fact, it may have declined, but you have the quarterback situation, which is weird. Somewhere between 54 and 57%. Do you think we see a 60 60 plus 40 minus split this year from the Browns? Oh,
2: I think we will. I, okay. I really think we will. Um now they got Nick Chubb. I think they're going to pass if this is this is kind of an old style thought and I think you guys might be bored by this. I think they're obviously going to pass to run later in the game. I think they're going to be very heavy and they're going to they're going to rely on Deshaun Throwing the football and then letting him go out. That's a new play. school thought. Yeah. It, well, eh, it just—I don't know. The the league changes so quickly. Like I feel like that was like eh, were we talking about their- no, that was like
0: five years ago. So- I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah,
2: it is. So I, I'm always just kind of wondering, like, am I, I? I'm terrified of being stuck in the past on like some of the old tropes and things like that. But I, I think in a lot of ways, like they are going to be throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball hopefully get it to a two possession game, get to about four minutes left to go in the third quarter. And then, all right, let's see if we can take it from either a three possession, fourth to a two possession, fourth and see if we can salt this away. And I think that's going to work against some teams, but they play in the AFC and you play in a division where I don't know what Kenny Pickett's going to be. He's not nearly as bad as I thought he was going to be, but I thought he was well taken care of by his head coach. We'll see what happens with Matt Canada. And you got Joe Burrow and, I do think Lamar Jackson's going to be better with, with um, uh, Tom Munkin. I I think he's going to be much better with Tom Munkin this year. So you're going to be in a very tough division. And then you're in a very tough conference where I think only two teams might be okay with finishing last in the division and they happen to play in the same division. So these are going to be some shootout games. So they're going to put this, they're going to put these games in his hands a lot. And I don't know if, I, I still think that that might be the plan. I just don't know if it's always going to work out that way. Sometimes it will. Against the Cardinals of the world, it should. But against a lot of these teams, you know, these games are built to come down to the wire. So we'll see how it goes. Uh,
1: Deshaun's going to be throwing the ball a lot. You mentioned uh, a lot of these games coming down to a shootout. You've got Amari Cooper. You know, how many wide receiver studs, if you will, can this offense support? Like, you know, how is Elijah Moore looking right now?
2: Well, I. I was excited about the trade. Uh, the reason I was excited about the trade is that they didn't, to me, they didn't give up a ton. And I thought that he has a great amount of potential. I was immediately reminded going, Hey, this is the team that traded for Aaron Rodgers. They're trying to go to a super bowl, their general manager and their head coach are in a lot of ways in the same position as the Browns are. And they didn't want this guy and he's young. Yeah. And so that immediately. All right. I mean, if you if you got to go get a guy, there's a reason why he's available. And he's so young. So that comes with baggage.
1: Yeah.
2: But I, I try to tend to look more towards the positive. He had Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's a rookie. They were going to focus on Garrett Wilson. I think Amari Amari's a veteran, and I think he's just a pro's pro in a lot of ways. I don't see any of the – you know, for everything that OBJ is as a player and as a person, obviously he has the tendency to take the wind out of a room. And I don't things see things any of that with, with Amari. That, Amari, Amari a Amari's quiet, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not no. a bad thing at all. And uh, I, I think that Elijah will be able to stretch the field a little bit, maybe get open underneath. I've seen some of the crossing stuff that they've done, and they've done a little bit here. Now, I don't know if this is to get people talking, and I don't know if they'll ever actually do it. But we saw on OTAs a little bit that they lined up Elijah more in the backfield a little bit as a mm. bit of a re- yeah, to see if they can maybe – I wonder if it's to maybe get the ball in his hands uh, in different setups, uh, maybe just to throw people off. I don't know. It's, it, it, it might be an exciting feature. And for all we know, I mean, Kevin Stefanski is very close to the best guy. He's that way in press conferences and, and that way in life. We may never see it during the regular season. We might see it play one against Cincinnati in week one. So I, I wish I could tell you I have any idea, but I, I think they're obviously going to use Elijah more a lot. My, my problem is with Elijah – or, or my concern is, and we've discussed this today on the morning show, I saw the Chris Trapasso article on CBS Sports about the players that, that the eight players that are make or break for this year, right? And he kind of listed him as a potential bust guy. Like, we got to find out this year. He's been traded. He's going to play with a good quarterback. No more excuses. We'll see. And I think my biggest concern is for Andrew Barry is – You've taken swings at wide receivers. You hit on Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth round. You miss on Anthony Schwartz in the third round. You traded back and took Cedric Tillman in the third round. He's a big, strong rookie. He doesn't fly, but he's a big, strong rookie. We'll see how he does, but he's a developmental guy. But I wonder if people are going to do – if they're going to look at this trade and at the end of the season, if the Browns don't make the playoffs, I think Kevin Stefanski might be gone. Then the yeah. question is about Andrew Berry if they look at this trade and go, you know, this guy wasn't even the second-leading receiver on this team. Because Omari Cooper probably number one. I Maybe if they're a playoff team, you could say, hey, David Njoku ended up being the second-leading receiver. That's perfectly fine. But if they're not a playoff team, and if it's like him, if it's Omari, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, then Elijah Moore, and they're on the outside looking in, a lot of the fans are going to start – being very upset about that because the wide receiver, his position has been, it has been a sore subject here in Cleveland for, for quite a while. We thought we had a really good setup for a minute and we had Jarvis Landry. He was outstanding, but everything else has kind of, kind of been a miss.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the OBJ Jarvis combo was supposed to be it. And then yeah. you know, Amari's, you know, I mean, I think Amari is, like you said, a pro's pro. I I've, I've Two guys in the Browns, by the way, in that make or break year for uh, for for Trappasso in that article, Andrew yeah. Wills as well, which which says a lot. Um, okay, well,
2: taking, I, too, I couldn't believe it. I go, wow, a, what thirteen hundred guys? We got two of the eight that he wrote
0: down, <laughs> right. and it's like, it's like, I guess this is a make or break season. Okay, we're gonna take a speaker breaks. We're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. Ken is gonna tell me what the biggest weakness on uh, what otherwise oh. looks like a pretty good Browns roster is
2: next. Mm-hmm. Hyundai there's joy in every journey
0: okay so I, I I think when when I joined your show on 92.3 the fan in the morning and I love doing that anytime you want me happy to come on um
2: people I'm, I'm going to ask you too much no you can never yeah, ask you too I much. don't ask don't
0: ask will no, 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 no. people always are, yeah you can take. if yeah, I gotta
2: right. get Katie involved here I'm yes. sorry, i don't
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, bring Katie up. Get her, yeah, get her up at seven in the morning and let her talk to you. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. The uh, I, I'm happy to do share anytime. But the um, I you know preparing for it, looking at the roster, I'm like, man, Brad, I mean, this is a pretty good roster. Yeah. Like, what is the biggest weakness? And if you want to say it's the their division or their schedule or something like that, I'm okay with it. Probably Deshaun Watson, but he's a former. Pro caliber quarterback. If he plays the way he's supposed to play, the way they yeah. they what they traded for him, then why this team should be good.
2: So, are you guys asking me roster or you 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 could be
0: ephemeral if you want. Three,
1: three, yeah. What three, what is their biggest weakness? Is it the roster? Is it the division that they're in? What would you say is is their biggest weakness?
2: Three three things. No, well, that's four things.
0: Four Achilles heels. Wow. Okay. Four things. One
2: defensive tackle. Okay. i don't know what jordan i got i put their death chart out just in front of me because i've been talking baseball here over the last couple sure. of days Actually, yeah. when you guys were asking me about about watson in 2022 i wrote
1: down
2: guardians d podesto watson too. anyway <laughs> defensive tackle they were a sieve last year because i think last year everybody was going hey we don't need these big defensive tackles anymore people are throwing all over the place and Everybody decided to run last year. Yeah, and they were gashed, and we brought in Dalvin Tomlinson. I don't know what Jordan Elliott's going to be. That's a make-or-break year for him. That's another <laughs> one I think people are paying attention to, it, it, as Browns fans are concerned. Perry and Winfrey can he stay out of trouble? Siaki Ika, I mean, it's a it's a big game of Red Rover. Once he gets going downhill, it's good. But can he can he get going downhill? And the other position, number two, the other one I think is linebacker. Mm-hmm. because people have been critical of Jeremiah owusu He's coming into his third year out of Notre Dame. He was great his rookie season. He got hurt early in the season, got hurt on that Thursday night game against Pittsburgh last year, and I think he was playing with an injury. He ended up being on the uh, – I think he was on the IR to finish the season last yeah. year. And they lost him. They lost Taki Taki. They lost two other linebackers during that season. And Jeremiah is a more slender linebacker. We had to go off the street, go get Reggie Ragland, who's a bulkier linebacker. And so I think that he was forced to play positions that he really wasn't suited to play. He's more of a, a Buchanan type of dollar linebacker, if you will. So I want to see what he's able to do now with, with a healthy group of linebackers. I mean, Anthony Walker Jr. is going to be back. He's in fantastic shape. He's a real big leader. The other two questions is leadership. You know, mm-hmm. who's going to be a leader? You know, it's, it's one thing to say that Deshaun Watson has to be the leader, but then he suspended for the first 11 games of the season last year. You can't lead from across the street. You know, you can't lead from your cell phone. You have to lead from inside the locker room. And I think that a lot of us, I've been in an NFL locker room, but obviously I've never put on the pads. A lot of us look to when we were in high school, coaches inspire us. Those people inspire us because we're kids. We don't know how to inspire ourselves. In the NFL, they inspire each other. They, they get yep. themselves going. And I don't know if we've ever had that type of motivation here. I think our history plays out with it. I think that these are guys who are in their 20s. And sadly, I think that the Browns history plays out in their heads on this is what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to either start out okay and then it gets cold and things go bad later on in the season or the season was just never meant to be leadership has to come from within the locker room that's my third concern and the other one is it's just again our outlook for what it's supposed to be we've gotten our hopes up before and there's times where i want to jump in and i'm a fan at times i want to jump right in and there's times where i'm going to hold off like jim schwartz good strong defensive coordinator yeah when people say well he likes to say the f word at at practice then we start Ooh. getting the comparisons and we start to get stuff to go. Listen, Greg Williams is a good football coach. He wears out his welcome really quickly at places. And I I don't need a caricature, a defensive a defensive coordinator. I need a good, strong defensive coordinator to take care of his business so Kevin Stefanski can focus on the offense. No, I, I need Bubba Ventrone, who is a former Cleveland Brown and was a fan favorite as a Cleveland Brown, to do what he's supposed to do be good at what he's supposed to do, and it's not just K. York hitting his field goals or missing his field goals, as John Breach would tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he can take care of his business because I think Kevin's a very smart guy. But I'm not gonna get it's. You're just not gonna get rah rah out of Kevin. I don't think no. that's gonna happen. I think that has to happen in the locker room. So those those are the four concerns because I. It's fun to look around the league and start to say, Hey, this guy'd be a great coach, or that guy might be a good general manager. I don't know. You're, you're playing in a division where. People have accused Cincinnati of not wanting to move on because of finances. I'm not going to sit there and throw that grenade out there. But you have two other organizations that they don't move on from head coaches and general managers. Sure don't. And they've been very successful organizations. So while we, we have a lot of fun looking for coaches and things like that, it's kind of exciting to be in the news. It doesn't really work out. I want this thing to work out with these guys. I want Kevin Stefanski, and he has words. And there's things that I disagree with him on. But but I'm you know I'm a radio show host. I want him to be successful. I want Andrew Berry to be successful.
0: There there's we we joke a lot at, with NC State fans. It's like, oh, coaching search time. Let's go. This is where we shine, baby. We don't we don't we don't shine on the field. We shine in the search. That's where we show up. But like it is, it's disastrous when you're swapping out coaches every two or three years.
2: It's tough. It's, it's, uh, there's been time. Like, we, you look back on it, you go, our first, our first choice rarely has picked us. And then our second choice has rarely worked out well. I mean, Mike Pettin was famous for being the seventh choice, and he was pretty decent. And then they drafted Johnny Manziel, and then things went awry. And then a couple of the other guys have been okay. But again, it, you can yell and scream at them all you want. You can try to make them run laps, which is silly. I mean, they're pros. They, they have to lead themselves. They have to hold themselves accountable. I, I, I can't look at it enough where I say, yeah, you know, they got my homes in Kansas City. But, like, you look in Philadelphia, that defense, those are grown men. They take nothing in that locker room, and if you give them anything in that locker room, they will deal with it as grown men. And Jalen Hurts learned under that that made him a better quarterback. Jason Kelsey suffers no fools
0: no in fools. that locker
2: room. And, and that's what's needed in this league, and that's what they had in Pittsburgh. They have it right now with Ken Hayward. That's what they had for so many years with Terrell Suggs in Baltimore, and that's what we need in Cleveland. So leadership has to come from within the locker room. It can't come from a coach's office. All
1: right. Well, let's Ken. Let's talk about how they're going to do this year. Browns yep. win total eight and a half. Are the Browns getting nine wins this
2: season? They're going ten and seven. Wow. Yeah. All right. Going ten and seven. Whoa. Every. Whoa, everybody's surprised. That's fine. I said
0: seven and ten. I had somebody's <laughs> gonna lose some football games. Oh, my God. The over uh in certain places is is heavily juiced. So, you know, yeah. you could see it like I mean, Vegas thinks that they're winning nine plus games. Yeah. And the roster looks that way. So if you were independent of the juice, you would you would lean towards the over at eight and a half.
2: Yes. Well,
1: ten no, and seven. I- of course he is.
2: I'm an emotional boy. Yeah, me too. So I don't know if I, I you know, there's plenty. Of, again, when I say 10 and seven, people go, how can you only pick 10 wins? Oh my god! And then there will be the other half of people this summer go, you are such a homer. How are you picking 10 wins for this team?
1: I go, Look at the Win, team total this total team. wins in division two and a half. Uh, we talked mm. about, you know, a weakness for this team. Is it on the roster? Is it being in a pretty stacked division? If they're getting ten wins and they're certainly getting over, you know, three wins in the division, is that something you also believe?
2: Two and a half is the over, right? You said. Yeah, two and a half is a line. I mean, three and three in the division is fine with me. It's such a tough yeah. division. Yeah, yeah. And then the other ones, it's just they're they're, they're and I got to look at their schedule right off the top. I got their depth chart here, but I. I so they start. They team, open
0: up. They open up with Cincy at home. Yeah. At Pittsburgh. Titans and Baltimore at home. So three or four at home. And then a the week five bye, which is crazy. Pittsburgh, that Monday night game, uh, the other three, one o'clock games. I mean, I think you got to start two and two probably. Right. But that means that also yeah. means you're probably getting to that three and three in the division. If you start two well, and two.
2: Well, this is, this is what I'm most afraid of you guys that week. Five is so and, early Ken. and if they yeah. start off one and three, Hey, we could save our season right now. And to Sean, Sean only got six games with Kevin. Well, all of a sudden, well, I got this defensive head coach. I, I got Alex Van Pell. Alex Van Pell's good. Either. He's still here. He's good with quarterback. You start thinking crazy things. I don't want to think crazy things. It's very very important <laughs> to start off two two. It's so important to start off 500, get to that bye week, settle yes. everybody down, self-scout, and get going with the rest of the year.
1: I will say, Ken. If 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 the Browns are going ten and seven, then to a bet yes to make the playoffs at even money seems like a good bet. No, of course, juice to minus one twenty. But to go ten and seven, I think those are pretty good odds to make the playoffs.
2: I'll take it. But again, you just. You ask a 21 year old Browns fan, I think they would agree with you. I
0: think if you ask a 61 year old Browns fan, I, I, I think <laughs> they think I'm drunk. They, seen some stuff. Maybe you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think too, like with the Browns, you have to be a little cautious too. Like Deshaun Watson's yeah. 40 to 1 to an MVP, but yeah. he's just not going to get the votes for MVP unless he has an otherworldly season because of this. You know, just that's that's the reality. Those are people accuse yeah. you They're like, you don't like the Browns, you hate Watson. I'm like, dude. It's a proprietary algorithm. I plugged my my, my stuff into it. I do <laughs> um, All right. Brinson model. Any, yeah, the Brinson model. That's right. All right. We, enough, enough, enough of the Brinson model. Anyway, Um. Nick Chubb, over under 1,200 yards. Over. Okay.
2: What? Over. Over. Sorry. I'm a Chubb fan. Sorry. Love over. Chubb. Love Chubb. Over. Okay. What else?
0: Amari Cooper, 875 and a half receiving.
2: No, that has to be the over. Has to, right? Unless he gets hurt and Elijah Morris steps up, which, knock on wood, I hope, God forbid. If
0: Amari if Amari is under 875 receiving yards this season, the Browns are not winning 10 games.
2: I'm sorry. I forget that there's a podcast, too. I thought people can also see my face all the time. Yeah, you're right. You. Yeah. It goes without saying. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, then Deshaun Watson passing yards, 3,625 and a half is the line.
2: Just over. Just over. Just over. Because I, I do, I think they, they will try to, and I, I don't know how the season's going to go as far as the second half of the season. Like, how many teams are still going to be in it with Because the the AFC looks a lot better, but, you know, we always think that these are a bunch of 13-win teams. They tend to cannibalize themselves, and then yeah. you hope that you're not one of the teams that are injured.
1: Yeah. All right, well, it seems like it seems like the vibes are high uh, for the Cleveland Browns with UCAN, which we expect nothing less. Thank you so much for joining us today. Stay tuned for more All 13. All 32 with our daily drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube, and uh, make sure you join us next time. Ken, thank you so much for your time.
2: Thanks, Ken. you and so am I. Take care. Hey. <laughs> see you, buddy. <laughs>